Noah and Kate. Chapter 24 The sun was bright and glorious later that afternoon, and Kate was soaking up as much of it as she could, kneeling in Luna's garden and weeding an overgrown flower bed that hadn't been tended to in many years. Luna stood beside her in a light summer frock, humming to herself as she inspected an effusion of violets that Kate had bought at the garden center on the way over. Johnny jump-up violets were easy to grow and care for, and even this late in the season, the hardy plant was blooming joyously, a riot of purples and whites and yellows. Such a shame these are annuals, Luna said, delicately pinching off the seed pods of some spent blossoms. Deadheading, it was called, and it would encourage the plant to grow more flowers. Only here for the one season. I know, Kate mused looking down at the now weed-free patch of soil where the violets would live. It'd be so nice to see them come up again every spring. But at least we have the bulbs for that, the daffodils and the lilies. Luna turned to look at Kate. Are you quite all right, my dear? You seem as though something's troubling you. I don't want to intrude, but... No, it's fine. Kate smiled up at her, shielding her eyes against the sun. Sorry, I, I guess I'm a bit preoccupied. There was a bit of a problem this morning. Oh? She decided against sharing the full details of the morning's events, namely the Noah-shaped part of the story. With Paige, a bit of awkwardness. You know, not quite a fight, but let's just say I left with things feeling a bit strained between us. Oh, dear, Luna frowned. Falling out with friends is always so unpleasant, but I'm sure you'll patch things up. We will, Kate agreed, although she wasn't entirely sure just how angry Paige was with her. She'd gone nuclear with Noah, but maybe that had just been an atoll test for the big blast that was being saved for her. I just hate this awkward feeling. This too shall pass, Luna said and then laughed at herself. <laughs> Goodness, I sound like my grandmother. Kate tried to imagine Luna even having a grandmother. That woman would have lived in the age before the telephone, all bustle skirts and high, poofy hair. Never mind. Let's just enjoy this beautiful day. Luna patted Kate on the shoulder affectionately. And these splendid violets. Look at how many blossoms there are. I spoke with someone at the garden center. She's actually a horticulturalist, and she's taken over caring for the flowering plants, Kate said, warming to the subject. She's awesome. She has the greenest thumb I've ever seen. There must be a hundred blooms on this one plant alone, Luna marveled. Now if we can just keep it from going to seed, we should enjoy this all summer long. Kate peered down at a three-pronged seed pod and at the lines of little brown seeds that had unfurled, ready to be swept away on the wind. It reminded her of an idea she'd had on the way over. I've been thinking of a lovely new seed bundle line, she said. Some of the perennials you have look like they've been here for decades. I could make up seed packages and sell them as true heirloom flowers. I think that's a wonderful idea, Luna said. We could, I mean, Kate corrected. Of course I'd share the profits with you. Oh, don't be silly. Luna waved the idea away. I don't need money, dear. I have a little trust that sees to my needs. 
Kate glanced surreptitiously at the house and its state of disrepair. The new glass panels of the greenhouse glittered in the sun, looking incongruously shiny and new next to the grimy brick and sagging windows. The charm of the grand old house peeked out here and there, in the ornate carvings along the eaves and wispy tendrils of English ivy trailing up the walls towards the roof. But with a bit of money, it could be made truly beautiful again. Kate held the violet seeds in her palm and rolled a few of the little spheres around between her fingers, her mind leaping forward to how the seed package would look. A soft cream background, pale lavender lettering maybe, watercolor drawings of an old-fashioned watering can and garden tools, or maybe an effusive bouquet of the flowers that would grow from the seeds within. The Luna's Garden Collection, she could call it. She'd write up a history of the house and describe Luna and her book of flower meanings, and on the back of the package, below the sewing instructions, she could include the meaning behind the flower. Another idea struck her. Lulu's petals, instead of Zuzu's. Mrs. Christie often turned to the garden for her novels, you know, Luna said, gently parting the tangled stems of the violets. I remember one clever trick with hemlock in the salad. Oh, and of course, deadly nightshade and foxglove. Very nasty business they are. Kate looked up quickly. Oh, I bet the Agathas would love to hear about this, she said, an image forming in her mind of Luna's tiny form holding court in front of the boisterous group. I should think they already know all about the poisons and what not. Luna laughed her sprightly little chuckle. <laughs> Mrs. Christie made them so famous, I dare say everyone knows about them. Kate noticed then for the first time how much Luna resembled Miss Marple, or at least the actresses she'd seen portray Christie's octogenarian sleuth. Her eyes sparkled the same way, the soft wrinkled skin of her cheeks flushing the palest pink when she was delighted with something. They love guest speakers, Kate said, or so Paige tells me, and they were very impressed that you'd met Mrs. Christie. Plus, I think they'd love to know what kind of murder weapons they have growing in their own gardens. Mmm, hummed Luna, engaged in decapitating some spent blooms, especially Mrs. Josephovich. Kate let out a laugh. You're right. <laughs> It'd help her keep Bill Peterson in line. A noise made both of them look up and turn their attention to the new gate installed in front of the greenhouse. Paige waved hesitantly and smiled, and pushed open the gate to come through. Kate hadn't seen her, since she'd dragged Noah off to the bedroom for a verbal thrashing, and for a brief moment Kate thought maybe it was now her turn. Her stomach twisted a little, but Paige didn't look angry. If anything, she looked bashfully repentant. She came towards them, and Luna went to greet her. Paige, my dear, how nice to see you. I'm spoiled rotten today with company. Hi, Luna. Paige touched Luna's shoulder warmly, her voice gentle. It's lovely to see you, too. Luna gazed up at Paige, and her cheeks blushed bright pink, the same way they had when Noah had dropped by that day. Kate realized that Luna had a soft spot for both the Kincaid twins, something that bordered on grandmotherly affection. There was definitely some mystery here thought Kate, involving the Kincaid twins and their grandfather, Frederick. Something worthy of Agatha Christie? Without the murder, hopefully? I thought I'd find you here, Kate, Paige said, turning to her, especially on such a beautiful day. 
garden is looking wonderful. It's coming along, Kate replied, surveying the raised beds by the back fence and the bright begonias that were thriving even in the semi-shade. Would you ladies like some lemonade? Luna asked brightly, turning an expectant face to Kate and back to Paige. You simply must try my elderflower lemonade. It's heavenly. Kate smiled, ruefully, deciding not to remind her that she'd already sampled some of Luna's signature lemonade the last time she was here. That sounds delightful. Luna beamed and patted Paige's arm before turning towards the house. As she slowly made her way across the grass, she turned to give Kate a sly, impertinent little smile. So she knew full well about the lemonade, Kate thought. She's giving us time alone, the little imp. Kate, Paige said, and with that one word, her tone of voice and the soft urgency of her expression told Kate that she'd been right. Paige's anger was gone. Okay, I'm so sorry about this morning. Ah, oh, it's okay, Kate reassured her. You were shocked, I get it. No, seriously. Paige's eyes were large and bright blue in the sunshine. I totally overreacted. And, well, okay, I was a bit shocked, and I didn't think about what I was doing. So I just wanted to say, it's none of my business, and I hope you'll forgive me. She sounded like she'd rehearsed it a few times on the way over, but not in a bad way. She'd hurried the words out on a gusty breath, as if she thought Kate might cut her off. Kate reached out and put her arms around Paige. She felt her friend relax in her embrace and realized just how tense she'd been. It's okay, really, Kate said, giving her a little squeeze for good measure. I understand. I'm sorry I didn't tell you about us before, but I honestly didn't know how you'd feel about it. Turns out you were right to be less than forthcoming, Paige grimaced. I was such a jerk. Come on, let's go sit in the shade. Kate led Paige over to the new patio set she'd ordered for Luna. Four wicker chairs with plump red cushions sat around a table speared by a large umbrella. The umbrella was tilted at a jaunty angle and sheltered the sitting area in cool, inviting shade. But the move hadn't derailed Paige from her purpose. And I'm sorry for just barging in like that, now that you mention it, she went on. I don't know why I didn't think to knock. I was just talking with Lily and Callum, and I didn't even think. I just walked in. I, I swear, I didn't mean to invade your privacy or anything. Kate laughed. Oh, come on. <laughs> I know that. Besides, the cabin's always been a bit like Grand Central Station in the summer. That screen door barely swings shut before someone's opening it again. Well, I'm sorry all the same, Paige said, grimacing again. And about you and Noah... I hope you know I was just trying to look out for you. In my own incredibly boorish way. I know. I had a talk with him, as you know, Paige went on, and he said a few things that really surprised me. About me? The question shot through Kate's mind at lightning speed. What did he say about me? Luckily, she was able to stop her mouth from opening and blurting anything out. Whatever Noah had shared with his twin was none of her business. Paige, however, seemed to have been waiting for a prompt from Kate. She regarded her for a moment, and then went on. So I apologized to him, and we cleared the air. And I promise I won't say another word about the two of you being... Um... 
She seemed to struggle with the various euphemisms that Kate imagined were flitting through her mind. Together, she finally said. Kate angled her head and looked at Paige skeptically. This wasn't the Budinsky Paige that Kate knew and loved. You know, for the rest of the summer, Paige added. Right. Until he leaves. Right. Which he is definitely going to do. There it was. Paige just couldn't resist that final word of caution. Paige, Kate laughed, you don't need to remind me. I'm well aware of the situation. I know, I know, I know, Paige said quickly, closing her eyes and shaking her head. And I, I promise I won't say anything about your NMFA thing. If you're really okay with F-A-ing with Noah. Kate sighed. Look, if you want to know, coming back here, meeting Noah again after so many years, seeing a lot of the people we went to school with, it just, it really hit me one day that I was never really young. You know what I was like. I was always so serious. I never dated anyone in high school, never even kissed anyone, apart from that awkward kiss from Jeff Lucas. But I never did anything crazy or teenage stupid. I never went skinny dipping or made out in a field or had a fling with a hot guy. I was 15 going on 50. And so I think it's okay to have a bit of carefree, impetuous fun before I settle down. Does that make sense? If you were anyone else? Absolutely, Paige said. Kate frowned. What does that mean? Paige dabbed at her forehead with a tissue. It sounds great and everything, but it's just not you. You're an old soul, Kate. You always have been. You didn't want to just hook up with a random guy back in high school. And you don't want to now. She leaned forward for emphasis. You're romantic, Kate. You need to have feelings for a guy before you sleep with him. Right? Kate looked down at her lap. A splayed-out seed pod had hitched a ride on her shirt, and she picked it out, scraping at the tiny spheres until they all fell free. I made an exception, she said. Paige's eyes sparkled even in the shade, but there was a shrewdness in them, too. So you don't have any feelings for him. You're just using him for sex. Kate looked up quickly, and her mouth fell open. That's the deal, I mean, right? You're both just fooling around? No feelings involved? I, I wouldn't say we're using each other, Kate said. That sounds so heartless. <laughs> it's more like we're good friends who know the relationship isn't going anywhere. Uh-huh, Paige said. She sat forward. So, if Noah told you he's in love with you and proposed, you'd say no? The bluntness of Paige's words made Kate's breath catch, and she struggled to keep moving air through her lungs. How shocking a few simple words could be. How stinging and almost painful. Amazing how they could make her heart beat faster, too, and her mouth go dry. They were just ordinary words, just everyday words, but hearing them together with Noah's name somehow made them so much more visceral and real. Noah falling in love? With her, no less. Noah proposing? It was almost unbearable to think about. Almost like looking directly at the sun. That's not remotely possible, 
Kate lifted her chin. And it's okay, I'm fine with it. But it isn't going to happen. What if it did? Paige, please, Kate said, feeling a queasiness wash over her that had nothing to do with the heat. What if he asked you to go to Panama with him? Have you thought about that? Kate stared at Paige. After a moment, she cleared her throat and spoke. That's not going to happen either, she said evenly. He wants to do his own thing down there. He certainly wouldn't want me tagging along, reminding him of home. I said no. I want to spend as much time with you as I can. Noah's words whispered through her mind, twisting her stomach into a Gordian knot of ache. She did not need this kind of tempting. She did not need this kind of tempting, guilty pleasure type scenario right now. She did not need to indulge in some pathetic fantasy that Noah had expressly warned her would not happen, no matter how tender and sweet those words had sounded. She needed to enjoy the moment and focus on how wonderful it was to be with him, precisely because their time together would be so short. Unless, of course, these notions had anything to do with what Noah had said to really surprise her this morning... Oh, damn it, Malone, cut it out. She smiled at Paige. It's just not in the cards for us. And it really is okay. Paige nodded thoughtfully, but didn't look convinced. Luna appeared in the doorway, a tray of glasses rattling in her thin hands. Paige jumped up and took the tray from her, and the three sat beneath the shade of the umbrella to enjoy the lemonade. This is such a gorgeous garden, Luna, Paige said her eyes roaming over the expanse. I had no idea this was even here. It's coming along, thanks to Kate, Luna said, sending Kate a warm smile. And the greenhouse, my goodness, it's such a sight for sore eyes. I hated seeing it go to ruin like that, but, you know. She trailed off and didn't have to finish the sentence. It was understood. A frail, elderly woman living alone had to bear the ravages of time, not only in herself, but in the home she loved as well. Well, it's looking wonderful, said Paige. Her eyes drifted for a moment in thought, and then flared. That's what this reminds me of. It's a wonderful life. That old house that Donna Reed fixes up for their honeymoon. Kate laughed. Me too. That's what I thought the first time I saw it. Oh, that's perfect. Paige said, taking a sip of lemonade. Her eyes widened, and she turned to Luna, nodding slowly. Wow, Luna, this tastes incredible! What's the extra flavor in there? It's kind of, uh, it's fruity? Elderflower, Luna said proudly. She gestured to a large tree across the garden, and the clusters of delicate white blossoms nestled among the leaves. It's an old family recipe. It's delicious, said Paige looking down into her glass as if she could see the elderflowers. I think there's an elder tree growing behind the bookstore. I'll have to get the recipe from you and give it a try. Oh, you must be careful, dear, Luna cautioned. Only the blossoms are safe to eat. The stems and the leaves and even the seeds and the berries are poisonous. I'll show you how to harvest them if you like. I wouldn't want you falling ill. Really? Wow, Paige said. That's good information to have. I would never have known. I told Luna she should do a presentation for the Agathas, Kate put in. All the poisons Christy used in her stories? The Agathas would love it. Oh, absolutely, you must, Paige laughed. They would eat it up. 
Well, I'm hardly an expert, Luna demurred. I wouldn't want to speak out of turn. They'd love it. They love anything to do with Christy and her books, Paige assured her. Her face brightened and she turned to Kate. Hey, you know what? I found out something cool the other day. Mrs. J told me that the Agathas were actually my grandparents' idea. Really? Kate lifted her eyebrows. That long ago? Paige nodded. Apparently, my grandma Maureen was a huge fan of Agatha Christie. This was back in the 50s, when the store was just called Fred Kincaid's. Anyway, Grandma had fallen ill and didn't leave her bed much, and so Grandpa ordered in all the Christie titles in print up to that point. And when she said she'd always wanted to start a book club for Agatha fans, he set it up for her and had the first meeting take place in her room so she didn't have to get out of bed. Mrs. J says she remembers going there as a little kid with her mom. Aww. Kate felt a little squeeze in her heart, imagining how much Fred Kincaid must have loved his wife. That's so touching. It is, isn't it? Paige agreed. The group morphed into the Agathas over time, but it began as a gesture of love for my grandpa. It was one of the last things he was able to do for her. Kate was about to say something when she caught sight of Luna, who had grown pale. Her fingers trembled as she lifted her glass of lemonade to her lips. Luna, are you okay? Kate sat forward and touched Luna's arm. You don't look well. I'm fine, dear, Luna said, a fleeting smile twitching her lips. I feel the heat a bit more at my age. Sometimes I feel a little dizzy on warm days like this. Should we go inside? Paige asked. Not at all, dear, Luna fussed, taking another sip of lemonade. It's such a beautiful day, and I do so enjoy the company out here in the garden. Kate regarded her skeptically and slid a glance over at Paige, who returned her look with the raised eyebrows of, I don't know, what do you think? Well, it is a beautiful garden, Paige said, glancing around appreciatively. Kate, you must be in heaven here. Absolute heaven. Kate clasped her hands together and closed her eyes. I think I'd live out here in a tent if Luna would let me. They all laughed, and Luna took another sip of lemonade. Kate noticed with relief that the blush of pink had returned to Luna's cheeks. It was such an idyllic day, the kind that Kate knew would linger in her memory for years as a perfect moment of contentment. It wasn't just the warmth of the sun, or the light breeze that refreshed her now and then, or even the splashes of color from the wildflowers and grasses that blurred in the background as if part of an impressionist painting. There was a feeling here, too. Kate felt it tingle through her, almost impossible to define. But if she had to put a name on it, she'd be inclined to call it hope. Maybe not even full-blown hope, but the tender shoots of it, at least. Her life felt like it was beginning to make sense here, in this garden, beneath the eaves of this crumbling house, with people around her to love. People to love. Such simplicity in that statement, but such a universe of meaning. She knew in that moment that she could love and be loved here, in all the wonderful ways love had of filling the human heart. Paige was like a sister to her, so dear to her that she wondered now what had possessed her to live in the city for so long, so far away from the kind of friend who would bust up her own brother just to look out for her. Luna reminded her of her grandmother, the sweet Irish granny with her Janie Mac and her gentle wisdom, whom Kate had seen so rarely growing up. And then, of course, there was Noah. Sweet, 
adorable, sexy Noah, all cheerful and charming, all beautiful eyes and strong arms and deep, murmuring voice that hummed through his chest and found her heart. This was a kind of love, too, and even if it wasn't meant to last, Kate was grateful to have a glimpse of it, at least. She drank some lemonade and savoured the tart, sweet flavour, the hint of elderberry that lingered, the sensation of its cold progress down her centre as she swallowed it down. Do you know what else this reminds me of? Paige mused, tilting her head to gaze up at the faded brick of the house. Pride and prejudice. The book, or the Colin Firth masterpiece? Kate grinned, which we still haven't watched again, by the way. Oh, the Firth. Absolutely the Firth. Paige deadpanned. That goes without saying. The book is pretty okay, too, Kate returned. You know, there's nothing else around to read. Paige fluttered her eyes closed and sighed. The book, oh, the book is, how to describe it, it's just perfection. For someone who never married, Jane Austen sure knew a lot about the agony of love. Your grandmother must have loved it too, Kate said. I'm guessing that's why your grandfather renamed the store Lizzie and Fitz. She paused, tilted her head and thought, or maybe he just named it after the cats. Luna let out a small sound, like a little cry of pain and when Kate looked over in alarm, her face had gone white. She had slumped in her chair and looked even smaller and frailer than usual. Luna! Kate cried, leaping up to go to her. Luna, are you all right? I'm... I'm... Luna stammered, her bottom lip trembling. She raised a shaky hand to her forehead, as if trying to steady herself. It must be the heat. I, I don't feel well at all. I'll call Noah. Paige said, and grabbed her phone. Kate and Paige stood by nervously as Noah and Emma carefully loaded the stretcher into the back of the ambulance. Luna's small form beneath the blanket looked childlike and frail. Under the oxygen mask, her cheeks were rosy pink again, and her eyes were bright and wide, but seeing her strapped in like that, with the heart monitor and oxygen tank crowding the end of the stretcher, Kate felt faint herself. She'll be okay. She looks much better now. Paige reassured her, putting her arm around Kate's shoulder and squeezing gently. Kate drew in a deep breath and nodded, watching as the end of the stretcher passed into the darkness of the ambulance. Emma remained inside, and Noah jumped down, turning to say something into the radio at his shoulder. He peeled off his latex gloves and came over to them. "'Is she going to be okay?' Kate blurted out, even though she knew better than to ask. Noah wouldn't—couldn't answer that question— and would only give her vague assurances instead. She shook her head as if to clear away the question. Can I come with her? Noah turned to glance back at the ambulance, and started speaking as he turned back. No, Em will be back there with her. Best give her room if she needs it. If she needs it. That had to be code, Kate thought. Or a kind of euphemistic warning. Luna might need CPR on the way to the hospital. Kate felt faint again. Hey, it's okay. Noah said, stepping closer to her and putting his hand on her shoulder. He gazed down at her, his eyes pinning hers so she couldn't look away. It's okay. Her vitals look good. She's alert and oriented. If I had to guess, I'd say the heat got to her. We'll get her checked out, and I'll let you know, okay? His hand on her shoulder felt so comforting, so grounding. It was the only part of her body that didn't feel rubbery and weak. She nodded and took another deep breath and smiled up at him with as much cheer as she could muster. 
I'm so glad you're here. Me too, he said, lowering his voice. Something in his eyes changed, softened, and suddenly it felt like it was just the two of them. Then Kate realized it actually was just the two of them. Paige had discreetly withdrawn, presumably to give them some privacy. Noah guided Kate around the side of the ambulance all the same, to where the elders and sycamores cast dappled shade against the bright white livery. He stopped and gazed at her, his eyes moving over her face, and touched her cheek gently. Can I see you later? He asked quietly, sliding his arm around her waist and holding her. I'll be home around six if you want to stop by. She nodded. I'd like that. He smiled and brought her closer. Are you feeling okay now? Your color's better. I'm not your patient, she chided him gently, hoping that humor might show him she was, in fact, feeling better. Well, thank God, he murmured playfully, and inclined his head to steal a quick kiss. At least it started out as a quick peck, with both of his arms around her now, with her own arms around his lean waist, it was all too easy to fall into a lingering, sensual kiss. She felt the sidewall of the ambulance against her spine as he backed her up against it, gently but purposefully, and leaned down to kiss her more thoroughly. But as if the sound of the metal buckling beneath her had snapped them both out of a reverie, they withdrew from each other, bashfully, clearing throats and looking down at the ground. She didn't know how she knew, but she just did. He was on duty, and he was trying to remain professional. Paramedics didn't kiss people on a call. She was pretty certain of that, and she didn't want to be the cause of any kind of ethical breach. She wouldn't get carried away with how incredibly sexy he looked in his uniform, or how the light breeze fluttered through his hair, or how the sun made his eyes such a bright and vivid blue. She would do her best to ignore how badly she wanted to kiss him. As badly as he wanted to kiss her, it seemed. It was blooming between them, desire growing stronger the longer they stood this close to each other. It was there in their shared gaze, their eyes speaking volumes even as they stepped away from each other. He was on duty, and that duty was to take Luna to the hospital. So he stepped forward and simply kissed her forehead, once, twice, and then turned to open the driver's door. I'll let you know how she's doing, he said, climbing into the ambulance. And I wouldn't say no to some pizza later. I'm on it, she said. He winked at her before donning his sunglasses, and she felt a hot chill tickle through her. From a wink! God, this man was going to be the end of her. He spoke into the radio again, and then lifted up two fingers in a half-salute, half-wave, before pulling away. Kate watched the vehicle, until it turned at the end of the street, Blue lights flashing, but no siren sound to go along with it. Then she sighed and turned to go back to the house and find Paige. She didn't have to look very hard. Paige was standing about twenty feet away, watching her. She'd probably seen the whole exchange with Noah. Uneasiness twisted in Kate's stomach, given how Paige had reacted the last time she'd seen them together. She could only hope that she'd meant what she'd said earlier and that she was genuinely okay with it but the odd look on her friend's face worried her. She couldn't quite name the expression. It was something like wonder and surprise mingled together, with a dawning giddiness starting to break through. It bubbled up to the surface, and Paige beamed. 